Welcome to Zephyr Yoga Inspiration. I offer these podcasts for free, and your support really does make a difference and is appreciated. To make a donation, please click the link in the episode description or visit ZephyrYoga.com. We've been working on anatomy, physiology, and biomechanics of yoga over the past kind of five, six sessions that we've been focusing on building a very strong, stable body so we can become more open and flexible. This is aligned to the Yoga Sutra 246 that states to practice asana, you need two things, stira and sukham. Stira is that steadiness, that stability, that strength and integrity in our physical form, our energetic form, and our conscious body. So our mental body, stable. And that then prepares us to find an ease, a comfort, an effortless way in which we occupy our asana, called sukham, in that we start to see that there is this relationship to two opposing opposites, strength and flexibility, Um, this sense of stability and ease, that steadiness and comfort, that drawing two opposing forces into an experience that we can... um, find that yoga, that union, so consciousness embodiment. So there is this way in which we build um, our practice so our mind can take a seat in our body ultimately. We're practicing, you know, the whole yamas and niyamas, those ethical guidelines and disciplines of having a relationship with the external to our internal process. Then we go into Um, our asana and we create a shape and form in which we turn our senses inwards called pratyahara. That focus concentration as we focus on the breath as it is our guide called dharana prepares us then to experience the ultimate reason why we're practicing asana is dhyana which is meditation and in meditation we experience samadhi which is that oneness wholeness absorption of complete Um, uh, connection between the individual consciousness and supreme consciousness that we awaken to that oneness abiding in ourself as the self. So that is the kind of way we're meant to be practicing. So the Yoga Sutras does not give us a lot of information, but if we look at the um, Hatha Yoga Pratipika and the Garanda Samhita, it gives us more information of actually how to practice asana to um, prepare us to actually sit for meditation. So the Hatha Yoga Pratipika gives us a lot of information about asana, but really focuses a lot about pranayama, bandha, and mudras. In this way, we use them to create a kriya, a purification practice. So bandha awareness is really important to our practice, and we're going to focus on, in this practice, our bandha awareness. And moving prana in such a way, we feel that our bodies, our asana that we take becomes a mudra, a great seal. The sealing of our consciousness and our pranic body in our embodiment. And so um, how we're going to play with this is focusing on the diaphragm. First, our breathing diaphragm, and then our pelvic floor diaphragm, noticing how it affects um, our consciousness, 
our energy body and then our physical body. So um, with our breathing diaphragm, it cuts your body in half. And it's a muscle that um, creates this whole circumference around your torso. And it separates the lower torso and the upper torso. Now, as your diaphragm inhales, your diaphragm lifts up like a parachute. And as you, that's an exhale pattern, sorry. As you exhale, it lifts up like a parachute, emptying out the lungs. And as you inhale, it presses down onto the internal organs, creating a bowl-like shape. As you exhale, it extends up. And as you inhale, the breathing diaphragm draws down. So when you're breathing deeply, it massages your bowels. It aids in like the digestive circulatory system of moving, but also helping your blood move because there's a hole in the middle of the diaphragm where your main artery and vein, as well as your esophagus goes through. And as you move um, your diaphragm as you breathe deeply, it massages that main artery and vein, helping the blood circulate and move up and um, down the body to the heart and throughout the body. But interesting enough, the diaphragm has a tendon and connective tissue that actually attaches to the heart. And it attaches to the pericardium, which is the sac around the heart. And it's an interesting one because as you inhale, your diaphragm pushes down and it actually tightens the sac around your heart. And as you exhale, it loosens the sac around your heart. So these are like little heart strings and your diaphragm is said to be the second heart, helping the endless devotion your heart has to keep you alive because it's always going, even when you're sleeping, even when you're not conscious, your heart is the only muscle that is keeping you alive and it has this kind of dedication until your last heartbeat to keep you going. So when you breathe deeply in and out, your diaphragm actually helps pump the blood around, but also helps the heart um, with its you know, contraction and releasing. So this is quite important. If you think about, you know, our lung capacity is about six liters, but majority of the time we're only breathing, like right now you're breathing about 300 to 500 milliliters of tidal volume capacity of your lungs. You're not breathing very much. You're not moving your diaphragm. However, whatever you're going through with your heart, your heart still pumping away. So this is something to be said if we're behind the computer and we're dealing with work and all of a sudden you've got a lot of anxiety and stress and there's heightened levels of um, cortisol and you know there are all of our stress hormones. <clears throat> your heart's going to be going and your diaphragm doesn't move because you're not moving and that puts a lot of stress. What yoga shows um, and offers you is Yoga is about putting your body into stress, forcing your body into stress, and then learning how to self-regulate that stress by calming the heart rate by regulating your breath. So when your heart rate pushes up and you're like, oh my gosh, this is stressful, the tendency is to hold your breath and your diaphragm holds, and there's a lot of pressure on your heart. So then the yogi goes, oh, I remember what the technique is. We slowly inhale, 
and slowly exhale to regulate that heightened sense of stressor and to actually build that resilience to calm the heart rate, calm our nervous system, therefore calming our mind. And in that calmed mind, we can make better decisions as we go forward. So this um, way in which we start to look at how we react to in any given moment and learn how to respond as soon as we wake up to our body's holding pattern to react to something, we then deeply breathe in and deeply breathe out. Now, your diaphragm is a postural muscle and this postural muscle mirrors the pelvic floor, the pelvic floor diaphragm. As I said, your breathing diaphragm as you inhale pushes down onto your internal organs so you can inflate your lungs. And it then, the organs then push down on the pelvic floor diaphragm. As you exhale, the pelvic floor diaphragm lifts up as the breathing diaphragm lifts up. And so there's this, this mirroring of the pelvic floor and breathing diaphragm. Interesting enough, if you have poor posture, say for instance, you're collapsing on one side, this side of the diaphragm's tight, this side of the pelvic floor would be tight, this side would be open, this side would be open. And there's this way in which your posture mirrors the pelvic floor diaphragm. So what we're trying to do in, in practice is to create an understanding of these diaphragms and have them work in unison. Pelvic floor diaphragm um, is an interesting one because um, the way in which we practice, we focus on Mula Bandha and Uddiyana Bandha a lot. Now, it's, it's a hard one. The yogic perspective, let's just say, so you have a pelvic floor diaphragm and you have your two sit bones, yeah, two sit bones, your pubic bone and tailbone. Those are said to be the kind of four points of the foundation of your pelvic floor. And from those four points, you're trying to actually lift the center um, to create a teepee-like effect as you exhale. Now, some of us don't have the sensitivity to that action, either because of lack of use, um, um, uh, damage to the nerves, maybe due to childbirth or something, um, or there's um, a kind of a disassociation in that area. But we can start to kind of work with bringing more sensitivity to it by actually looking at different parts. So the front passage, if you find it difficult doing mula, the front passage is almost like you're trying to stop peeing, is called vajroli. The back passage, like you're trying to stop a sneaky leaky, is called ashwini. Mula is that strip of skin and muscle between your genitals and your anus. That mula is the middle passage. So you almost feel a little bit of Adroli and Ashwini draw towards each other and lift that middle passage. Now for us women, um, it's that lifting towards the cervix. So we feel that top of the teepee is the cervix. For men, it's the prostate. So this idea of gathering your pelvic floor, those four corners, you'll feel Vajroli and Ashwini, and that Mula, that center of the teepee, lift towards the top of the teepee, being the cervix or the prostate. So 
some of us are like, okay, I'm going to do the best, but I'm going to have to imagine it. And we'll do some Kriya practices to help heighten that sensitivity, but also we're going to do point-to-point breathing to heighten that sensitivity. As you inhale, you're going to feel the breath enter from the crown of the head, like we have a mouth up there, and lung tissue that goes all the way down to our pelvic floor. So you're going to energetically feel the breath descend and you'll feel your pelvic floor slightly drop. And as you exhale, you're gonna try to start your exhale from the lift of the pelvic floor, emptying out, feel the lift of the diaphragm, and lift up. We're gonna add Jaladhar Bandha in this. As you inhale, your chest lifts, you bow your chin, you descend your awareness and breath down. And as you exhale, you gather up and lift your chin, feeling this descending of prana, and ascending of prana. To help with this action, we're gonna use the mantra so hum, because linguistically, our tongue and our diaphragm are wired to our brain. So as we inhale so, the roof of your mouth, your tongue, makes a certain shape that mirrors the breathing diaphragm to create that sound, even if it's mental, And that will then mirror in your pelvic floor. When you mentally say hum, there is this mirroring of pelvic floor breathing diaphragm. Your tongue, roof of the mouth, create that same action. So, hum. So you can feel a a relationship between your pelvic floor breathing diaphragm and the roof of the mouth. And the, and the palate. So there is this movement. Now this actually then starts to link to the Hatha Yoga Pratipika, Garanda Samhita, as well as the Yoga Sutras is that goal of connecting to that Shashumna Nadi. In that Shashumna Nadi, we're doing point-to-point breathing, doing this Kriya practice of clearing this pathway because this pathway is said to be the ultimate pathway to unite our individual consciousness to universal consciousness. That Shashumna Nadi um, is that highway to open us to draw that um, consciousness and we consciously abide in the self as the self in our heart. So there is this connection to this ongoing relationship to that wakefulness and so hum loosely means I am that. I am that consciousness that is perceiving my body do asana. I am that consciousness that is experiencing sensation. I am that consciousness that is experiencing my senses. But you're not your senses. You're not your sensation. You're not even your body. You are consciousness experiencing it as you. And so we play on that over and over again. So we're rethinking the um, anatomy around our diaphragms and how they create this postural integrity, creating that stability in physical, energetic, and mental form as we focus on them, that opens us to that um, mobility of becoming more and more flexible. Now, in this practice, we're going to be doing mainly seated poses as a traditional you know, way of practicing asana. It's only modern yoga that has done more and more standing poses but we're going to practice jump throughs to actually stress you out. But noticing how your um, pelvic floor and breathing diaphragm 
aids in that experience and then noticing how you react and try to self-regulate that stressor by breathing deeply in and out. So we're gonna try this. <laughs> if you would like to continue to practice, find out more information about the topics discussed or to donate to this podcast, please visit ZephyrYoga.com or follow the link in the episode description. I thank you.